0: podcast. Woo. I'm Corey Taylor. To my immediate right.
1: Well, it's different for everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Bird. To his immediate right, is Christa, Tristan Moore.
1: And to Hello. his immediate right, James Aaron. Yeah, that's me. How's everybody doing? Well, I don't, they're not going to answer. I don't know why I said that.
0: They could answer in the comments.
1: Yeah. Let's, oh, let's yeah, go. we're going to answer. What? Yeah,
0: I'm doing... Doing, I've been toying with the uh, idea the, of one of these days doing a, uh, we could do like a, a live feed mm-hmm. maybe.
2: Uh, the, old, the old podcast paradox where, you know, it's just like a conversation that people want to join into, but we're already in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, we are now on a lot of the social media. We have our own Twitter account now and Facebook account, and you can like and subscribe to those. And also we have a YouTube channel where you can get this video uh obviously everything else is in audio we are on for now uh spotify uh i at least tried to get in stitcher so i'll double check on stitcher um tune feed and we're gonna keep trying to find other podcast avenues to get this out there for the first two so far so
0: casting spotify deal kind of rivals joe rogan i think uh we're the second highest subscription rates so yeah,
1: i mean it, we had the unfortunate timing to come out the same day as michelle obama's new podcast but i don't mind she can take first place for that week well she is Fine. the first lady yeah was the first lady yeah so, still the first lady yeah so we're okay
0: just as long okay. as melania trump doesn't start one we're good yeah,
3: yeah we're i sorry. mean if she did i don't think i don't, think, I don't think there would be much of a uh uproar about it i mean there, there's just, <laughs> yeah be the, best best for the podcast. I, I, I feel very, I don't know how I feel about her having a podcast.
2: Eh.
1: Well, all right, that's not yeah, yeah, what we're, we're here to
2: discuss. <laughs> we're <We'll look> back. <laughs> yeah. so, and we're the back.
1: Premise, the premise of the Whoa. Interjections podcast now with the 90s bend.
0: the mission back. statement now, guys. We're escaping reality. We're uh, going
1: back to our past when we were very young and we didn't see a lot of the movies that were coming out in theaters. So we're getting a chance to, at least in the early 90s, experience new films, uh, see what it was like to go to the cinema in 1990, what was going on. Jimmy talks about history. Jeff will talk about uh, television. I talk about music. Uh, We switched a little from last time, but Corey Corey tells us about all the different films that came out at the same time, but we focus on one. And so last month we talked about Tremors because it was the best looking film of the month and we didn't want to look into the others. So we'll, we'll generally pick the best one of the month that we will want to talk about uh this month we chose another comedy uh i mean tremors wasn't intended to be a comedy but let's be real Uh, um we we chose it's supposed to be like a horror film it was supposed to come out around halloween 89 Mm -hmm. and then got pushed this film actually also got filmed in 87 and took that long to come to cinemas so it's kind of a dump in february 1990 but Uh, We saw the film Loose Cannons with Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd. And you know how we always try to tie everything in? Last month, there was the new movie uh, You Should Have Left with Kevin Bacon. I was struggling to figure out how we tie into a guy who isn't that relevant anymore, a guy who's dead, and a guy who's retired. But today, as we record, it would have been Dom DeLuise's 87th birthday.
0: Ah. And Dom so, DeLuise uh, has yeah. a small support. August,
1: August 1st is Dom DeLuise's birthday. So in honor of Dom, okay. we'll get Huzzah. to of one, of, one of his best performances, if everyone else agrees. I love Dom DeLuise. So. Oh, he's, he's good in the he's, film. I mean, he's a you, national treasure. He's basically
3: there for all of our child, childhood media memories. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah.
1: one of the other first movies I ever saw was uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's yeah. one of my favorite Like his, his voice
0: is like riddled in so, so many cartoons. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: Survival
1: really? movies.
0: It's weird, like him and uh, Charles Nelson Reilly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never watched um, Hollywood Squares, but I know he was a big fixture on that. But those guys did a lot of voiceover work that we're all familiar with because of the 90s. That's what they transitioned to after their heyday in the 70s and 80s.
1: Right, yeah. And I, I, I want to go back into all his movies with Bert because obviously they ended up doing that movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven, together right. to like, get an, another partnership together, so... But I think he's good with uh, these two guys. So we might as well dive into loose cannons.
0: Who wants to describe the plot? <laughs> oh, Jimmy? boy.
2: Can we?
1: <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jimmy. I'm, I'm, no, 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 I'm going to see what Jeff says. <laughs> I've been talking enough.
2: I'll let, I'll let Jimmy go first. What? Because I got I to gotta refresh here. <laughs> I,
3: I mean, no, I, 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 watch- I, I got a little bit of follow-up uh, to uh, the uh, – plot that would be uh, i guess relevant historically so like oh. okay
0: i can describe the
3: plot yeah, go
1: ahead, go ahead.
0: <laughs> all right so the plot is uh gene hagman is a detective he's investigating uh, a murder um, he's partnered with um the captain's nephew i believe who uh is dan Aykroyd, and subsequently finds out that he has multiple personality disorder this isn't the craziest part of the plot the plot is they're investigating a, uh, a tape that's ostensibly had a sex tape with Adolf Hitler, and it could jeopardize the political um, campaign of the new German Chancellor.
1: Yeah, supposedly he's the man who handed him the gun in his bunker. suicide yeah. bunker, yeah. and also was in the sex tape.
3: We don't yes. know
1: in what capacity.
3: Yeah, they, they don't, We don't really see the sex tape in right. the film. We just know that there's a tape that's involved that like a bunch of German mercenaries are trying to retrieve.
1: Yeah.
3: At all costs. Uh,
1: we never see the tape.
3: Yeah, we never. We never do see the, well, tape. the tape. That's that's, the, that's we just, with the tape film. Back there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, they should have just showed it during the credits of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, but, no. It's interesting that like uh, this movie, like it came out in 1990. We're watching it like last week or 30 like, yeah 30 years later and like we're watching we're like ha huh, nazis this is hilarious blah 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 we're not even think like I, at least i didn't think about it uh fully because i'm like i'm in the moment i'm watching a movie blah 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 um but like um i i remember shortly after my grandmother died um like 10 years ago going through her stuff and like she held on to newspaper clippings of big events and uh She's, like, half German, half Irish. So, like, uh, anything German-related, like, she'll, she saved. And, like, uh, at that time, um, well, specifically February 1990, Britain and France agreed, yeah, no, Germany can reunify into one country and it'll be all right by us. Which would happen
1: later in the year. Yeah, it would
3: happen later on in the year. But, like, they basically gave the okay when this movie came out. And um, at the time, uh, people were, like, going a little nuts because they were thinking will the nazis come back again uh so like yeah sure this movie is like it's a comedy but there's a bit of of a you know um real world um um, paranoia
0: about the germans i was so worried how this story started because he said i was going through my grandmother's stuff
1: and oh I, yeah! No, I no, no, was, was going to say filler.
0: I found the actual videotape they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: oh no! Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. I, <just> the <laughs> stuff I'm of yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I don't know. The film was like it oh, was. God. It didn't quite. It it felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. Kind of like the, the book Kind of like Dan violent. Aykroyd's character. Yeah. <laughs> um, because the thing was, in addition to having this, this multiple personality disorder uh, he also has sort of like this autistic savant thing going on so like in the beginning of the film he's recreating a scene that well we should go back and talk about the beginning of the we, movie yeah we saw the beginning <laughs>
1: and, and so it starts on this boat and Dom De <laughs> with two other guys and he's like we gotta get out of here and he starts getting chased by Germans holding their guns wrong J- Jimmy pointed out. Oh yeah, I don't know. They that, would have been I, blown back by their own. Well, it no, wasn't only that, but like we're on fire.
3: Yeah, one of them was holding a, a machine gun. Yeah. In a way that, like, if he after a couple bursts, his hand. Yeah. Would have been just thoroughly burnt, like dude.
1: But whatever. It's uh, yeah. a Hollywood. Uh, so they chase <laughs> they chase Dom and his friends down. They're dressed in uh, costumes that are from Alice in Wonderland. So Dom DeLuise is in this big like. They he look like surgeons so, Okay. Yeah.
2: Right. So first then, of all, I thought I was watching the wrong movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, this is this is like a lighthearted comedy with, with two like it's a buddy Oh, that beginning. And then it opens with a boat chase scene with Dom DeLuise dressed as the Queen of Hearts. Mm-hmm. And, and a grisly decapitation a gr- <laughs> on top of it. Yes. There is yeah. a decapitation yeah. and I'm
1: like, what the hell is this? Honestly, is, it's oh really God. well
0: shot. It looks very atmospheric <laughs> for
2: a hard edged thriller.
1: Yeah, the right. action's actually good, but the comedy <laughs> tames it, I guess. Yeah.
2: I feel right. like people saw the first four minutes of the movie and were like, wow, this is intense, and then didn't and you watch know, the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs>
3: it's a but it's a buddy cop comedy. So like there's gotta be like a decent amount of suspense and action that's mm-hmm. how well, I felt when I
0: saw it. The advertising makes it look a lot more lighthearted, at least in the first. Actually, towards the end, the shootout at the end actually scales back on the comedy quite a bit too. It actually could have been put in a straight thriller.
1: In Grand Central, yeah.
0: Yeah, that that whole thing is very Hitchcocky,
1: actually. Yeah, yeah. They they eventually all meet up, and there's there's another faction actually as they finally. Uh, I guess we should we should go in order, but um, right. As as the two meet to start investigating Dom DeLuise's boat crash, um, they move on and, and eventually interrogate him. Gene finds out about his multiple personality disorder, and eventually they meet up with this other faction that's trying to track down the tape that's from Israel, uh, like right. Assad. And that's there's a woman heading up the group, played by Nancy Travis, so that's the fourth lead. Um, and the embassies are trying to stop them led by ronnie cox who's a great villain in ro- robocop and some other things
0: yeah
1: uh, so they all come to a head in new york city in grand central because uh, dom says he has the copy up in his nightclub up there because they're down in dc and they travel around so it's actually quite extensive where they go and what they do for a movie that got shelled right. for two years <laughs> right
2: and also um, to add to the the horror um, anecdotes here. One of the uh, the Germans who was trying to recover the film was uh, none other than Tobin Bell from the Saw oh, the franchise, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. I, didn't know. I was just like oh wow. <laughs> there
1: are a bunch of cameos in this like the beginning Gene Hackman's teamed up with David Allen Greer for a scene. Yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, oh my god. And it's a weird
0: like like we were saying that beginning sequence is a hard contrast to the scene that follows. Yeah. That's mostly played for laughs.
1: Yeah. But actually,
0: I thought it was refreshing to see Gene Hackman kind of in a change of pace.
1: Doing yeah, kind something of a,
0: little, a little bit. Yeah, a little more levity. He doesn't embarrass himself, I don't think. He's a constant yeah, yeah. actor. Actually, I don't yeah. think that Dan Aykroyd's multiple personality disorder. Factors into the plot as much as the advertising would have you think. Yeah, no. it I'll, doesn't I'll, the
1: first time it comes out. Yeah. In the club, they go to get Dom. And it's actually the best time he utilizes his characters. Yeah. But. Yeah.
2: Because he was, it, yeah, and that, again, it seemed like something that they didn't quite know how to fit in. Because um, in the beginning, like after that weird boat chase, he replays the whole thing. Like in his mind, like just he's able to observe all of these things and basically describe the ridiculous scene that had previously happened because of his his talents as a a, uh, forensic uh, tech. I thought that was a really good scene, actually. It was.
1: uh, And they never really have multiple personality disorder. They just, it's a tick. Yeah, well, weirdest times.
2: No, they talk about like how he was on a ride along or something and like. Some some traumatic event was what triggered it.
1: Well, that's what and, I mean. Just like they're, but, they're like trauma causes it,
2: <laughs> right? But then they they play it for laughs, and he, it turns into like, right. uh, You know, proto cable guy. Um, he reminded me a point. bit of like
0: Robin Williams in those scenes. Like sometimes you'll see a movie with Robin Williams, and it's basically there'll be a set piece where Robin can go and do impressions. Like there's a scene in Mrs. Doubtfire. Where he's trying different personas. Yeah, it's like okay, clearly this was something that they tried to shoehorn in there to display Dan Aykroyd's talent for mimicry. You know?
3: Yeah, it's also, uh, I don't know, weird. I I I thought it was a little bordering on annoying how uh his uh his multiple personalities were really more of a uh, like just easy uh, pop cultural references because yeah. like all these like, and they're right. not really personalities that he dives into. He just like starts uh, basically uh mimicking uh just characters like there's roadrunner uh i so think he does dirty captain, harry right captain yeah. Kirk, uh, i i think like like there's you know, a lot yeah there's, there's a lot there's like there's like he like, just uh, bonded
1: at one point which is you know. Honest. yeah it, it's,
3: it's right. kind of like when you watch it and see it and you see all all the uh characters that he's like uh mimicking referencing uh it makes sense for that era and i guess uh for that style of comedy like now, today, you couldn't you couldn't do anything like that today, because like you think like that's just
1: what are you, what too are you too dumb? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's too pop culture and like uh
1: saturated. With yeah, it.
3: so yeah, leave
2: that to the scary movie folks.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah I, yeah, I think they ruined this kind of comedy for us.
3: Right, they, they, I think by scary movie three or four, they ruined this kind of comedy for yeah, the sure. The first two. They yeah, they they drove it into the ground. So like uh, I, I was a little like I had to like just uh watching those scenes where he just like uh snaps. Into that episode,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, yeah. I, I just have to like just remind myself like that was just you
1: know that like
3: a, it that was just a style of uh,
2: humor. It was it was interesting because yeah. like Dan Aykroyd is usually the straight man in these comedies, mm-hmm. and yeah, like drag so down. is and so is Hackman, and I'm like so it was there there were two straight men trying to do straight man funny man bit. And, you know, honestly, Hackman's performance was a lot like he just showed up on set and they were filming this movie and he was like, all right, fine. Let's go along with this.
1: I'm usually just
2: right. But it was I I, I don't know. It, It was just he was sitting in for the audience for the first half of the movie. Like, what is going on, guys?
0: Yeah, there's the part in the scene that you were talking about where he's recreating the uh, the crime scene, and he just turns to the captain, and he's like, there's something wrong with this guy. <laughs> yeah. This very deadpan. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah, he is the conduit for the audience for the most part.
1: Yeah. It eases you into, like, accepting his weirder quirks, especially when he is going to get really weird. So. Yeah. And the fact that Gene Hackman accepting like the scene where they howl together and Dom just shakes his head—it's like yeah. By now, I'm fine with whatever they do. Like I was into it enough. So, right.
2: Well, that was, you know, Dom DeLuise was honestly the best part of the movie, and the, more, the, the fact we that like, it,
1: I like it all. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Dom. Dom is certainly the best.
2: Because like, best well, no, because I feel like they they realized at the same time that. He he was the comic relief for the whole thing. Um and it was nice how they like he, he was this crime boss suspect character that then went along for the ride and was just like, yeah. Man, these guys are even more ridiculous than I am. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thankfully, and he vamps, they didn't, but he doesn't do it too hard.
0: I was about right. to say, thankfully he didn't try to duel with Aykroyd and going over the top.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. There are three types of comedy in each of them. Through the movie and they all right. blend enough to make yeah, like a they, nice... and they
3: balance each other out. too. Yeah, like, it's not, uh, like it's not it's not too
1: over the top. Right. Uh,
3: but like it, it it does, especially with Dan Aykroyd's character, it, it comes close to being over the top.
1: I think what helps is that all of them feel like they could really exist. Yeah, that's what it is. Sometimes the weird the thing is for a movie, movie
0: like this with a premise that could be this potentially tasteless, mm-hmm. um, the
2: direction by Bob Clark is pretty grounded. Yeah, for yeah. The right. The most part. That was the other thing, Bob Clark, who also directed A Christmas Story,
1: yeah, and, <laughs> right. Baby and Black Christmas,
2: <laughs> and he was all over the board, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, well, I mean that kind of goes downhill. He does, he does Christmas Story, Black Christmas, this, then
0: Porkies, Baby Geniuses. Yeah. I think he did Baby Geniuses 2, Super Babies as well. He did
1: both. That was yeah, his last in Baby Geniuses too.
0: Uh, but yeah, he was kind of—I guess he was kind of a director for hire at this point in his career.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, like I said, it was made in 87, shelved for three years, sort of, a two and a half. And it, it was actually, um, that's in between the two Ghostbusters. So it's kind of like a lark for Dan Aykroyd to go off and do this. It's before Mississippi Burning. It's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not really like a follow-up to the things. Right now, they're both coming off of Oscar nominations. Gene for Mississippi Burning and Dan Aykroyd just got nominated for uh, Driving Miss Daisy. So that would happen the next month, the Oscars. Oh, wow, I completely so, forgot he
3: was in uh, Dragon the Sea. So City. this is kind of like
1: yeah. Norbit, so I don't know if this killed his Ah, uh, This is so creating. much better than
0: Norbit, though.
1: Yeah. Oh, I mean, but it's that thing where you always have, like, the really prestige film. You get it, it's Dan Eckerd's only Oscar nomination. And would this have, like, totally derailed his chances? I'm not sure. sure. Uh, we'll talk about the Oscars next month because that's when they happen. But I don't remember who he's up against. The odd
0: thing is, like, the -the behind-the-scenes credits for this is just as odd outside of the director. One of the writers writers. is Richard Matheson, the guy who wrote I Am Legend, a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes,
2: and uh, Spielberg's Duel. Yeah. He probably wrote wrote the first scene. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Maybe. He wrote it with his son and Bob Clark, so I wonder Mm -hmm. who wrote the most.
0: Did you guys notice who was one of the producers? Aaron Spelling
1: oh yes i did see that oh yeah producer he made all the big sitcoms of the 60s and 70s he also did like Uh like
0: beverly hills 90210
1: yeah that was his big 90s thing that's his next project
0: (laughs) a lot of soap operas yeah um there's a lot of weird background information that uh we could talk about um
1: yeah i know you probably have more notes than i do
0: the, the odd thing is um I guess in 2013, they found reels of this in a landfill oh. in Calgary, Canada. And um, it was they were looking for evidence pertaining to a, a real-life murder, and they mm-hmm. contacted Dan Aykroyd, and he said that film should just stay in the landfill where they found
1: it. <laughs> he should be proud of this. Yeah. yeah. Not as bad. It
2: had a, had a $15 million budget and made $5.5 5 back. That's oh, worldwide, yeah. too. That's right. Yeah. I think here it made
0: about two. Yeah. Cool. Um, you want to say something about the promotional uh, ads for this, Tristan?
1: The weirdest thing I found in the trivia was that um, they mentioned Andy Dick is in the art cover, but it's it's not really, like the 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 DVD you lent us just has the two of them on a blank orange background. But right. if you Google, I think I can screen share. Well, I'll screen share later, but... I have a tab open if you want to help me share this, Jeff. it's be- And I can describe it anyway. But it's, um, instead of that orange background, there's like a, a blurry ambulance going by with Andy Dick stuck out of the back of it.
2: <laughs> he's not in the
1: film. Yeah, he's not even in the film. Back no, then I he thought- was doing like print ads and stuff. So
2: I thought he was in it like just as a desk jockey in the police station at one point.
1: Nope. That no. was another cameo I was going to say. Right. The cop that Gene Hackman flirts with is Essa Patha merkerson She's on Law and Order the next decade. Right.
2: That's all oh, right. The only uh, woman in the film, other than the Nancy, Nancy Travis, Travis. Yeah, 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 Nancy Travis, yeah.
1: who's doing a pretty good Israeli accent for being yeah. from like Michigan. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's interesting. The the female cop. Uh, the, gonna... the one
1: she flirts with.
3: Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, j- for, for that one scene that she's in with uh, Hackman, like that was like. Really good chemistry. I wanted like, more. Yeah. Like, I I that was right. that was surprisingly, like good for like that tiny role. Yeah. Like she did stand out.
1: Yeah, I yeah. wanted to come on the road with them. Right yeah, now, but, yeah. Like, it felt like
2: it felt like a roller coaster of like they shot it in real time and they were pumping money in at certain points and
1: then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nightclub shootout with the, the two women. And <laughs> right. that was rich. That is isn't a very expensive building in New York, by the way. That's like the Playwright Theaters offices yeah uh, <laughs>
0: um so we should talk about uh, our individual uh, opinions on the movie the weird thing is if you go on rotten tomatoes this thing has a zero percent um it's generally considered the worst movies of both of the main actors careers yeah i think it's a little on un- that's a little unfair considering some of the movies i've seen those guys in
1: well, I can see um, because of the delay, maybe that's what they're thinking. Like, oh, this got shelved. Should it even right. come out? I feel like I did a bad job in this. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, we have stuff like Welcome to Mooseport now. So right. you can't And really Dan
0: has done a ton of bad movies.
1: Right. Spies Like Us I hadn't even made yet. So yeah. I don't know if I mean, like. I, I
3: think our reference for uh, <laughs> and concept of what makes a bad movie uh, is, is – we we have a stronger, I guess, threshold considering like how many movies we've seen. So we're like, yeah, sure. seeing it, it's like this isn't garbage. It's a
1: hidden gem. Yeah,
0: no, yeah, I actually thought it was rather affable. I thought the leads had good chemistry. I thought it was a better movie than it's given credit for. Yeah, right. I mean, if it
3: if it's considered it was... a, bat, a garbage movie, like it's pretty good garbage.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: <laughs> right. was honestly. It was. It was. Just two good guys stuck in a bad situation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's bringing that back. (laughs) Every movie... I can't wait till next (laughs) month
0: how he's going to somehow correlate that.
1: Four four good guys. Let's see.
2: I mean, I liked it. Um, It honestly felt like it felt a lot like um, Miami Vice a little bit mixed with (laughs) Um oh my God.
0: This is like forty eight yeah, hours out. in a weird way.
1: Yeah, it is a good buddy cop sort of situation. That uh there there are enough of these. Like Luther Weapon had just come out, so you Right, it's you not know, on the level you, of that. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: not the uh the action sequences aren't nearly as well choreographed, obviously. Yeah. And but they don't feel like afterthoughts either in the Right. Really That's why I'm enough.
1: wondering if they thought they were bad as they did them. And so they think that it's not, it didn't turn out as well as they hoped. Maybe there were random designs for the finale or something. Who knows?
3: Yeah. perhaps.
1: But there's no plot holes. No. That's the basis for what I want a good film to have. Like, it doesn't make sense.
2: Right. Are
1: you shaking your head at like, okay, I guess they're doing this now.
2: Yeah. Like it was a weird ride, but it was, it was a solid, it was a solid movie. Um, And it honestly feels like something that could be serialized.
1: Well, they just try to set up a sequel. Like, a right.
2: No, not, not a sequel, but I mean like, you know, I could picture these two doing like Monster of the Week investigations. <laughs> yeah. Like Don Knotts and uh, <laughs> right, <exactly>. Tim Conway.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which characters is he going to play in his multiple personalities this week? They have to get know, right? Yeah, the Right, but like he always is, has to...
0: I just wish they had sh- gone into a little bit more of the background on the videotape. Mm. Because that's kind of the. Weirdly enough, more so than the multiple personality, that's the hook of the plot. Yeah. Yeah. I like well, saying I want to see frames from it, but.
2: <laughs> I feel like that was just more, um, you know, how can we tie. How can we get these guys in trouble with international assassins and still make it funny?
1: Yeah.
2: And I wonder
1: which of the three writers came up with the the MacGuffin.
2: Right. But honestly. Simon Wiesenthal
0: had a uncredited role in this.
2: They should have just shown like clips of it in the in the end credits.
1: (laughs) Just flashes. Yeah.
2: Right. (laughs) The blooper reel is just like I don't know, Hitler's dick hanging out? Because, like, at this <laughs> point, you've shot through the rest of this movie. Why not?
0: You good? had to keep the con- continuity is with the future. It had to be a little stripped, though.
2: Yeah. Right? Oh, God.
0: But anyway. Yeah, I think overall, I think you all liked it better than its reputation has been. Yeah.
1: yeah. What would you give it?
0: Uh, we're going out of four stars.
1: I guess yeah. What Wait, we, we used thought, to do letters. Yeah, we used to do a, a letter oh, we're doing letters though. We did letters last so, time. Let's change yeah, it up.
0: Let's do the letter grading system. I would give it a B. Solid B. Yeah.
1: I'd give it a B. We we uh, we worried halfway through. We're like this is taking a little while, but it sold the finale, so I think like <laughs> yeah. I might have given it a B-plus if it picked up the pace in the middle. Cuz there were a cup a couple of car chases too many maybe.
2: <laughs> sure, yeah. But that one with the where they totally trashed Hackman's car that was mm-hmm. was glorious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was well I,
3: think, done, I think Dan Aykroyd just likes to trash cars. True.
2: But I'd probably give it a B too, because um, it was it was solid. It was not like.
1: These across the board?
3: Yeah, right. I'm giving it a B plus. Oh, I mean, I, th- I <laughs> honestly, I went in going to the movie yeah. thinking it was going to be trash. To be honest, right? Yeah, we
1: were like, I, did, I, 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 had
3: very low expectations, and then like, I was, I was actually, I was like more than okay, like just a little more than okay with it. So like B plus. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I almost did that too because I had low expectations. But
0: sometimes I over, I almost want to overpraise movies when they're giving such low consensuses, like you were yeah. saying, Jimmy. Like, Apparently. I went into dreading it, thinking it was going to be awful because of the reputation it's been given. Mm-hmm. But like I said, compared to some of the uh, the fiascos both of them have been associated with over the years, it is much better than that.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, you know, I just realized why maybe that movie took three years to come out. Like, they probably didn't have, you know, permission or rights to all the... Uh, Characters that Ackroyd was like, a, I
1: wonder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, they
3: probably
0: got into a few legal, Yeah, but loopholes. they're considered parodies, so he might be able yeah. to,
3: yeah. I but like, I couldn't like, find that's, any info. That. That, that's the thing, like, if uh, like they could be like considered parodies, but like, if uh, if another studio or another, like, uh, like I don't know, whoever had the rights to a certain character was like, yeah, hey, hold up, yeah. like, you'd probably have to whip oh. out the lawyers and be like, go through it, it was like, okay, no, this is legal. Maybe if you're first. just like, is
0: this also, is this a touchstone movie?
1: I didn't see. Tri-Star. I feel like this
0: might've been a
2: Walt Disney. Sh- offshoot. It's, it's Tristar. Oh, it's Tristar. Sorry. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was, um, I had kind of just assumed it was, we thought it was bad. It got shelved. Then they both had Oscar nominations. So let's put them put it out. finally. Sure. Um, one of those, <laughs>
2: Let's ruin their reputation. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a double-edged sword because studios are like, good. We have a hit. Or we have people that are hits. Let's put out a movie and hope that it rides the coattails, but it's bad.
3: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> so there's the reason it was shelved in the first place. What if you had just given it the chance when it first was made? Uh, then the we would
3: be having this uh, review of it. Well, yeah. This worked
1: yeah, out for us.
2: The odd couple uh, with guns. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, that was good. There were uh, The funny thing is, it's the best of the month so there right are other films that you we we, we lean towards what you thought corey because you had seen a couple of these already yeah uh, so we we let you pretty much decide which one we were going to watch this month
0: sure and when i describe some of the other movies you'll see why yeah um there's a movie called flashback which is another action comedy oddly enough directed by franco Amuri, who uh, is the um ex-husband of Susan Sarandon. And oh, you might yeah. know their daughter, Eva. Okay. Um, it's basically Dennis Hopper plays like an Abby Hoffman type hippie.
1: And he's mm-hmm. partnered
0: with uh, the very stolid FBI agent played by um, Kiefer Sutherland. Don't remember much about the plot. I just remember it being torturously lumbering.
1: He's like bringing back was so to his, uh, his hometown or something to be indicted.
0: That's yeah okay. something like that yeah. it was a I road was movie not places. not very good yeah um a sophomore effort from steven seagal called hard to kill
1: oh that was only his second movie
0: yeah it was after above the law
1: okay i didn't know when he started um not a seagal.
0: <clears throat> he, he had been a choreographer for uh, a bunch of chuck Norris movies before he got his own starring vehicle so but this is his second movie as the lead um the the plot is pretty anemic he it's a revenge movie but it's it's very one-dimensional um not that these movies themselves need to be uh shakespeare or anything but Mm -hmm. um i remember in order to get into the revenge portion of the movie it's a long ways where he's being rehabilitated after a coma stuff like that uh it's not one of the better seagull movies i know that sounds odd um stanley and iris which is a treacly soapy tearjerker with uh, robert de niro and meryl streep he uh <laughs> he's a short order cook who's illiterate and she's teaching him how to read and write she happens to be a widower mm-hmm. um it's not a good film i almost get it confused with frankie and johnny
1: oh is that the one with jane fonda I that's was- the
0: one with um a pacino and michelle pfeiffer
1: oh yeah they are of similar, i guess
0: yeah, they're interchangeable in a way.
1: Mm-hmm. That's um, kind of win Oscars.
0: <laughs> this was the other movie I if we didn't want to do two horror movies in a row, I would have said this was a good movie to talk about was Nightbreed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, which is uh Clive Barker directed uh fantasy horror hybrid. Um it's really imaginative, it's really well done. It's about what this are uh, Yeah, it's about this underworld of creatures. Uh, Jimmy, I think,
1: would have liked it. What's uh, the creatures?
0: What are the creatures? Yeah, they all have different abilities. Um, it's almost, it's almost very comic book esque. They they have X Men type uh, abilities.
1: Okay, so it's like those under mutants.
0: Yeah, kind of. Mm. Um, but it's really well done, and Cronenberg uh, plays the villain in that. He's really good. Okay. Um, Revenge, directed by Tony Scott starring Madeline Stowe and uh, Kevin Costner, and
1: Aiden Quinn. This was my vote, actually, because it doesn't look bad. But
0: Well, here's the thing. There's two cuts to this film. The theatrical cut, which is over two hours, which I think is pretty tepid. But the director's cut, which I think is barely an hour 30, I think is better paced, and uh, I think it's a better film. So it would have depended on what cut we wanted to watch. I would have voted for the director's cut. But...
1: Sure. Well, we all want shorter <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, the movie's really but, good. More, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely one of uh, one of Tony Scott's like underrated movies. Um, Madhouse with your buddy from Night Court,
1: yeah, John Marquette,
0: yeah. and Curse the Alley. Um, and John is very and, uh, shrill and unfunny. The weird thing is, they play yuppies who get this villa, and it's overrun by weirdos and wackos.
1: Man, hanky hijinks
0: ensue. This thing used to play on TBS a lot, and it was awful.
1: I'd never heard of it. Mm.
0: Yeah, um, and actually, this is a this is a drama that I have actually never seen. It's called Men Don't Leave with Jessica Lange. Uh, again, another movie about a widower, um, and uh, she moves to Baltimore with her two sons. It's actually it it got pretty good critical acclaim when it came out. I think she may have been bandied about in the Oscar conversation, mm. but it was obviously released too early in the year, so I don't or think too anything... late. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't know if it was supposed to be '89?
0: Uh, I'm not sure. I I think this actually came out wide then, so I don't. I think this is before they did a lot of platforming mm-hmm. with the releases. But uh, I heard it's good. Just never seen it.
1: There Was one other? Did you? I don't know if you had it on your list. I just double checked my list. Um, sure. Courage Mountain came out. Yeah,
0: I could have talked about this, but I don't I, know enough I just about to say it.
1: Say how weird it is that there was a sequel to Heidi starring Charlie Sheen, right? I don't think anyone wanted that.
0: I think this is uh one of those Canadian tax shelter movies, too, If mm-hmm. I, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And who was the I thought there was a love interest. Now I think I was reading about something else at the same time. But yeah, so that's not really exciting. However, we have one other film that Jeff...
0: For Poster played, Boy.
1: ...great interest in. So we have something new. I'm going to share my screen. And <laughs> you will see what I have. So can you see this? This All is last month. This is last month, so I wanted to leave... Right. From last month, so I'll, I'll have them listed like episode one, two, three, that sort of thing, so sort to of prepare you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you the the film. You have to guess the name based off of it. Like, what would you call this? I think that's a better way to go about this. Sure. But at first, we'll try to describe the plot as well. So here you go. So, describe uh, <laughs> for the audio list, like the listeners, what is going on in this poster.
2: All right. So, you got Bob Hoskins leaning against the wall behind what looks like the ghost of Denzel Washington.
3: Yeah, he looks uh, like a uh, like
2: he's universal. he's transparent. Yep. Um, he had a with with, really
0: with
3: nice.
2: the with the logline, every partnership has its problems. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it is around St. Elsewhere time,
2: so yeah, he had a mustache. Yeah. Philadelphia uh,
1: three years later. Uh,
2: so, all right. Do I guess now or what do we...
1: Well, you already got one thing. Okay. So I'm going to go to the next picture.
2: Okay. A tough right. cop and a dead lawyer. Yeah,
1: that was... See, the, the first- funny thing
2: is, I think we remember... I think I remember talking about this, but yeah. I don't remember the name of it at all. Nor do I remember the plot. So... um. I mean, honestly, it it looks like Field of Dreams, but with Bob Hoskins (laughs) in the criminal justice system. (laughs) But Denzel Washington has the weirdest grin I've ever seen on that actor's face. This is an Oscar. He's very unfamiliar with that smile on that mustache. He's not
1: looking at Bob Hoskins either. Right.
2: He's looking above him. It's almost like he's, he's he's, he's channeling Richard Pryor.
1: Yeah. Mm, yeah. Well
2: glancing at Bob Hoskins's bald head. And
1: mm-hmm. like you could you should just shave that off, Bob.
2: I'm I'm just I don't know. It feels like a spiritual sequel to Roger Rabbit.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that
0: comes out <laughs> but, of the- yeah. with, Anna, a, with the with the magical Negro cliche. <laughs> oh <Really>? my god. <laughs> well that's what they
1: were doing then. So um what would you call this?
2: I tough cut. Let's say you were pitching this
0: movie. What's the title you would
2: come up with?
1: Yeah, that's what I think we yeah. should do from now
2: on. Ghost of Justice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a very MST3K title. It? Yeah. Do you want to try one more, or should I go? Let's
2: ahead? let's see. Well, it is rated R, so. Hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That right. does change things.
1: And directed by. The fucking directed Ghost of Justice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> directed by. Steve Tisch. Steve Tisch. Whoever I
0: that don't know. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't direct it. Oh, is that the producer?
2: That's a producer. It's a tiny. James D. Uh, Period. Okay. I don't know. I can't come up with anything better than Ghost All of right, Justice right go. now.
1: It's called Heart Condition. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's not...
2: uh,
1: yeah, why?
0: <laughs> All right, so you want to hear the plot? Yeah. Um, so, in this crime riddled neighborhood, um, these two characters, Bob Hoskins is the cop, and uh, Denzel Watches is the ambulance chasing lawyer. They have, they hate each other because um, <laughs> Bob Hoskins is a bigot and a racist. And uh, just by happenstance that Denzel Washington character goes on a date with Bob Hoskins' ex-wife. Right as Bob Hoskins is having a heart attack and nearly dying, um, Denzel Washington is gunned down. And they transplant his heart into Bob Hoskins' body. And then they have to solve Benzel Washington's
1: murder. Huh. See, this is why I don't think it's worth it. To, this to has a zero
0: percent on it. Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> and it's well worth it. Yeah.
2: So it's like Ghost, but it's like
1: a Ghost comedy. mixed with, mixed with return Blood to Work.
0: the Return? Movie?
1: Oh, what's Blood Work? Is that oh, is that where they're trying to solve a murder? That's yeah. where
0: Clint Eastwood uh, is a detective, and one of the murder victims. Uh, he gets the heart he gets a heart transplant from them it's, really yeah it was a procedural I think it was early 2000s it was
1: dope too yeah um yeah. return to me was David Duchovny gets oh yeah return to me have, uh, much better film what was it it's a romantic comedy where Minnie Driver gets like David Duchovny's dead wife's heart wait right. is there like a there weird something?
3: Trend where people were getting dead dead people's hearts I don't and like know.
2: seeing ghosts,
0: and they just happened to know the people somehow.
3: Well, that's
1: and like five not. years apart from each other. Because yeah.
2: this listen is, the, like, the transplant list was a lot shorter. Like just, just
1: weird, <laughs> right.
0: like weird 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 trend for several different movies.
3: Like you know back <laughs> when, uh, uh, Treasure Planet and like what was the other uh, spacey? Uh, there was a
0: heart transplant in Treasure Planet. <laughs> no, no I mean I'm just saying like oh, movies, like, oh, come, like them, uh, two or two or three of them
3: at, around the same like time. Oh. Above, like, yeah, exactly. A like ants and a bug's life. Where yeah. it's just like what, but like what this? It sounds like it's just like,
1: hey yeah, no, like uh Jeff, what was the movie Black Dad during that was animated with Brad Pitt? Um,
2: Titan AE? <laughs> yeah,
1: Titan AE, that's the movie There we go. Oh. The, one
2: that, the one that I actually like. Well, I, I, I passed out and then woke up with the last five minutes of the movie and am like, what is this? Movie about racism, and you're like,
1: <laughs> yes, like you uh, chose this, Jeff. <laughs> uh, good times, Poster
2: five Lifetimes ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, so oh, that's
2: it, just the one. Oh. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, We're gonna, we, we gotta we gotta stack to them up again. next time.
2: I can yeah. I can we do this all day. To-
1: when we're choosing the film for the next month, we got to like hide what we're talking about so you don't hear the plots and everything. I
0: was going to say, if we find any more that have really interesting posters, definitely. Yeah, I Corey
1: feel like you, Just like go ahead in the year. And, I
2: feel like you guys should pick the movie and then just all watch it and then we'll, we'll talk yeah, about we'll it. I mean, next but month we'll, is
1: easy. We've also, oh, yeah. 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 We'll, we'll talk about that soon. But first, right. I guess we should transition into uh, one of the other sections. I don't know, do you want to talk about uh, television? What was going on there? Shoot. I looked a little into it. I only found two interesting things that happened in February.
2: In February, there were four TV premieres. There's one um, I really
1: want to talk about.
2: Including is it the Bradys?
1: Yes it is. Mm.
2: <laughs> because the here's the thing. 1990 was was a year of ill-advised sequels <laughs> culminating in the CBS premiere on February 9th of The Brady's, which is a a sequel to, an actual sequel to The Brady Bunch that follows the Brady kids as adults.
1: Only one didn't come back. Right.
2: (laughs) But it was just, you know, in case you were wondering what happened to that family after, which it seems not that many people were, because this is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, ditto. Yeah. Um,
1: Because then they revamped it with The Brady Bunch movie like eight years later. Right. Which is very good.
0: Yeah, both of those movies are pretty good.
2: So, was it uh, a sitcom or was it they tried to be dramatic it, with it? It was a. I think it was a sitcom. I think it was like still following the same
0: hour-long. Which is weird because by the time the movies came around, that was kind of old-fashioned. So they had to put it in postmodern irony. Yeah. So I wonder if the TV show followed suit.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly not that sure. Tristan might know more about this.
1: (laughs) It was an hour-long show, and they had more dramatic. It was still sitcom-ish. But the weird thing, like did you read what happens to some of the kids? Because there's a really interesting plot point that happens to one of them in the first episode. They get AIDS? Uh, Greg is a race car driver and gets in an accident and becomes a paraplegic. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! That's the craziest thing. But then Marsha goes... Like becomes an alcoholic. So one of the episodes is like them getting her off the bottle. <laughs> yeah.
2: Classic comedy. Yeah,
1: classic yeah. comedy, ladies and Brady kids. Oh yeah, bottoms up. their lives. <laughs>
2: wow. Yeah.
1: Watch
0: it's the Brady's lot. reenact Heart Like a Watch the
2: Watch parents. the Brady's tear themselves apart. It's basically like Proto This Is Us, but with established yeah. characters.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's like if we saw The Wonder Years, and they're adults now, and it's like we <laughs> and uh, whoever Fred Savage played, like, are having a divorce because she had an affair with Phil or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's watch like, why do go I go through I... divorce uh, seating because She
3: decided she wanted to
1: actually get into porn. Oh, God. <laughs> the Wonder Years. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the other stuff isn't as big. Mike is trying to become a politician. That's the oldest son. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know if there was... Oh, the most interesting thing about this is that Greg's son is actually played in his first role ever by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Really? The next year, Home Improvement would start, so he huh. went from this to that. He's only in half the episodes, but that's neat. It's his debut. So, um, What were the other three shows?
2: There was Rodeo Drive, which was a game show that we'll get into. Um, Nasty Boys, Which was a drama series based on the real lives of narcotics officers in North Las Vegas, uh, based off of a movie by the same name, created written and created by Dick Wolf.
0: Oh wow!
2: So had he
1: done anything else before this, or was like the? I'm sure he.
2: I'm sure he had, but I think this was. When did Law and Order come out? This was that was the next year. It was
1: '90 as well. I think it comes out like September.
2: Yeah, so this is probably like his last big thing before his legacy. <laughs> um, and then A Family for Joe, which was a sitcom. And I seem to have not finished that summary.
1: <laughs> I did not look it up. So I only looked up the Brady's because I was like, I wonder how good it was. Yeah. Let me not, see here. Hang not,
3: not very. Yeah.
1: Uh the one the one fun fact I saw was that um Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles premiered over in England three years after the, the cartoon had started and they changed the name to Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah, ninja- they didn't want any violence.
3: Well, I mean uh anything <laughs> like ninja related in uh Britain is considered like um uh the same category as terrorists. Yeah. So like, like you really? like those own-
0: turtles were like Antifa,
3: man. Yeah, I mean like owning nunchucks in uh England was like, you know, uh
1: well, that's what happened. They, got, uh, they took the nunchucks out of Michelangelo's mm-hmm. shots, so they would cut the shots or, like, draw over it in the first few seasons, and that's why he kind of loses them for the rest of the series. He ends up with, like, a grappling hook for most episodes. Oh, wow. Because of England. And wow. Europe, because Europe yeah. would air the hero turtles.
3: Yeah, so, wow. like, uh, yeah. because the whole idea of, like, guess, like now. <laughs> being being ninja is like, oh,
1: no, you're a bad guy. They thought it was going to influence kids too much
3: so what because they because ninjas don't like uh fighting or they don't they, they don't like bad guys so like they go out and do justice and that you know.
1: like, what come on i think they were scared of kids like whipping sticks i mean that's like what that's parents. like yeah
2: well that's what you're supposed to do that's why that show existed so that kids could like tie cardboard tubes together and hit each other
3: yeah, yeah. i, I was constantly
1: like, hit my parents with my bow staff
2: right
3: oh yeah and i was totally cutting up my neighbor's uh Stuff with my katana. I was stabbing people with sights. It was re- yep.
1: <laughs>
2: I was trying to live in the sewer and eat pizza. So
0: yeah, <laughs> no, no. no, no, no.
3: It's like it's. I funny,
0: cat like, rat.
3: In Canada, they uh, they renamed Beast Wars yes. to Beasties because like yeah, wars. Oh wars. Wars. no, wars! <laughs> that. Like come on,
1: yeah.
2: Beasties. That sounds yeah, be- like a really bad like Monsters Inc. type sitcom. Yes, oh, because yeah. yeah. the they're besties, frustrator. but they're beasts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait! Hold up, hold up. just <laughs> So we, what anybody that the other, like, no, like,
2: they're besties, but they're beasties, beasties. Yeah. right?
3: you should watch, you should watch it. Yeah.
2: It's it's an one of these days we'll get to that. We'll was get 90s, your pick of the
1: month. That, is, that oh. is in six <laughs> years. We'll talk. About yeah, that it. is <laughs> in six years. Right. Like
2: that, that, we'll that. get there eventually. Like, um I, So real quick, let's. Just, just going back to family for Joe for the second.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, ben Savage was in it. The, hey. show, the show, lasted a whole uh, whopping nine episodes.
0: Better than the Bradys. I hope he was going to say nine minutes, and then they pulled it off of here. <laughs> like, oh, this is I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm sure they all wish. They cut uh, for the
0: first commercial break and pulled it. <laughs> right. We an episode. But
2: like, apparently,
1: the pilot, and they pull it. Here's and a test pattern.
2: <laughs> in the in the response section, Ken Tucker of Entertainment Weekly rated the series a D, stating that the kids are leering little creeps, the jokes are moronic, and Joe's homelessness is already absent from the show's current scripts.
1: I want to see this show. <laughs> Ken never gave anything enough. An it
2: it lasted. lasted He was a tough
0: critic if I recall.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: It lasted from February 25th to August
1: 19th. Well, that's a pretty, pretty long run.
2: Yeah. Some shows don't even get that nowadays.
1: Yeah, Brady's got six. <sighs> uh, yep. Uh, what was Rodeo Drive? Because you said we'll get back to the- Oh yeah. Of the Sorry, game yeah. show.
2: <laughs> Hang on one second.
1: Uh... I
0: wonder
2: who hosted
1: that. Yeah, I wanna know about Rodeo's pie.
3: No. You're not you're not allowed to know.
1: You don't have permission.
2: All right. So it was hosted by Louis Louise Duart. Oh Burton Richardson is the announcer. What uh, Louise Duart was
0: not Louis Anderson.
2: No uh she's done a bunch of voices for like family guy and garfield and friends tiny tunes (laughs) uh she's no eg
0: She was on
2: she was on hollywood square for a bit in the 80s yeah um but it's a three-round game show where it's it's more or less kind of like hollywood squares um like seven hidden words numbered one through seven and each pertaining to a celebrity um and then you had to control you had to choose a number and basically just guess the it, it was it was just guessing words based on celebrities um yeah no it's not <laughs> it was one of those like coke induced like we need a game show idea yeah.
1: Like everything Alec Baldwin does these days.
2: Right.
0: Uh, the match game.
1: Yeah. He's just doing all so, shit. So it was like, and <clears throat> Alec Baldwin's hosting this now. <laughs> sure. Yeah, or Mike so, Myers in makeup. Mm hmm.
2: But then uh, at the end. The contestant then got the chance to stroll down Rodeo Drive, <laughs> which included four stores, each displaying a different prize, and then the bank. And each of and them each...
0: became stalkers. Right. Celebrity stalkers.
2: Uh, and then at each location, the contestant had to identify a celebrity based on overhearing gossip.
0: <laughs> it was a TMZ.
2: Right. It was like a game show based on TMZ.
0: Weird.
2: Or you know what would become TMZ. Yeah.
0: What celebrity no. likes gerbils a lot? You want to visit Richard Gere's house on Retail Drive?
2: Right. So don't cut that. Piece. That was well. The other thing was that was a Lifetime premiere. Oh. So yeah.
1: Like on Lifetime.
2: Like on Lifetime. Oh, that was so it was very or... gossip heavy.
1: Yeah, um, that, hmm. that was like your E. Network before East started. I don't know yeah. when these networks officially started, but it's all around now. Yeah, or
3: well, within the decade.
1: Yeah, either eighties, <coughs> nineties. Um, do you want to talk about history? Yeah, I mean, not too much. I, not, happened. Yeah, not
3: too much happened. Like, uh, like I said at the beginning, like uh, Britain and France were like giving Germany the okay if they want to reunify, they can reunify. Right. And the rest That's of the world's it. like paranoid. Is like will german like uh, will the germans still be bad guys essentially uh i mean there's a few like uh, i don't know uh, uh oh the soviet union allowed for multiple parties to exist Interesting. Uh, that's uh other than that there was like little 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 tidbits about like um uh, a couple athletes breaking records uh in sports i don't really pay attention to
1: that is an um, interesting thing i did actually find yeah. a sports thing I um, about
3: a oh uh fuck dude, I, um crap i forget what what um um game uh i think i uh, had it had the first like um televised like something like they they they, they had the first like Yeah, I lost it. First, no, no,
1: first, first televised football game, game. Yeah, for,
3: for, yeah. Huh. Like the
1: uh... interesting. That was the um, only big, like,
3: big thing I could think of. For, like, to, like the one sports.
1: Th- yeah, the one thing that I um, saw for history was that F.W. <laughs> de finally said he would release Nelson Mandela. That's uh, that's pretty big. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, but that's pretty big. <laughs> that's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big deal. Apart that's a big that, deal. I
3: don't know. I mean, it's a nice little little mirror for us, uh, comparing what's going on now. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, The one big thing (laughs) that I saw was that they started having, President Bush reopened the idea of having an open skies policy that had been initially proposed by Dwight D. Eisenhower, wherein superpower nations decided that everything was clear to fly over. And we had been obviously closed off from the USSR because of the Cold War and everything, but it was starting to like release. So like you could go over Ukraine or the Eastern Bloc and everything. Oh yeah. And right. and what is how as of I think it said 2002, everything was running smoothly. But May 21st this year, the U.S. pulled out of the Open Skies Agreement. So that's relevant to today, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we're we're like lessening the good work that Bush and Eisenhower tried to do. Um smoking was banned on cross-country flights in america and a follow-up to last month the exxon trial was ending finally and the they were indicted exxon themselves was indicted on five criminal counts for that spill mm. last month so uh i mentioned a sports thing that uh that was interesting there was a huge pay-per-view fight that happened let me see where I oh remember. yeah um
3: like Tyson lost.
1: Yeah, it was the biggest
3: To Buster Douglas?
1: It was the biggest yeah. upset in sports history. Yeah. It's it's the, the Buster, Buster Douglas. Douglas? It's the Buster Douglas no. fight. February. I remember that, yeah. Uh, I didn't know it happened. I remember seeing the Holyfield ear-biting incident, so I heard about this then.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was like, Tyson was an easy favorite. The battle was being views, viewed as a warm-up between him and Holyfield in 1990, because right. Evander Holyfield was like the the heavyweight favorite and so tyson had all this he was he was trying to like butter himself up and then let himself get beaten by a
0: he's a rank amateur kind of
1: buster went on to fight holyfield and was easily defeated but yeah i remember at the time
0: because um, i'm i'm a i'm a bit of a boxing fan so i just remember that being like he got complacent mike tyson didn't really train very well
1: mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm.
0: got annihilated.
1: That's that's what happened, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, but it was like the biggest event of the year, and it was like a huge yeah. letdown. Everyone, I don't understand why they say it's the biggest upset, but I mean, everyone who likes their own sport will say that's an upset. So, sure. so there's an upset in everything. Um, but that is huge and would change the face of boxing for the decade. So, um, I had. There's really nothing else for history, right? I have um yeah, it's not, a, a bit of music news.
3: Yeah, not, a, not a very exciting month.
1: Yeah. Um, next month has more stuff bunch of stuff. So no,
3: nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna erase <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm,
1: sorry. Sorry. I'm erasing history. Just going back in time. Yeah. Um if we I'm saying go no to history to erase something, that this year's Grammys were one of the most important Grammys of all time because it was the year that Millie Vanilli won Best New Artist. Ooh. So you all know, you the might-
0: Controversy.
1: It was, um, the group was basically this pairing uh, of two guys. They were uh, Robert Pilatus and Fabrice Morvan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I should have made sure. And they had a producer, Frank Farian, who later admitted that he had sung all the tracks on their album, Girl You Know It's True. And so when they won Best New Artist, Everyone was taken aback. It's the only Grammy in history that has been rescinded. And they didn't give it to any of the other new artists who were Nene Cherry, uh, Indigo Girls, Tone Lock, and Soul 2 Soul, which I think everyone's heard their big hit, whose name I did not write down, so I apologize. But um, there were plenty of deserving artists. And of course, Millie Vanilli was huge. And it was such a huge disappointment to find out that they weren't actually real. It's crazy to think that someone got away with that for so long, but uh, it derailed Polatus's life. He got into drugs and ended up dying of an overdose eight years later, but um, they were honestly good artists on their own and they were just chosen to like try to drum up this Fabian dude. So it's kind of a shame, but um, record of the year, one to Bette Midler for Wind Beneath My Wings. Uh, it beat out, four clearly better songs but the time was like really soft sad um that's a song for beaches right yes yeah it's from beaches uh it beat out the living years by mike and the mechanics which was a super group with the drummer from genesis i think genesis uh it's mike rutherford but um it's a good song it's similar in tone uh so is the end of innocence the end of the innocence by don henley which were they're both good songs, but they're not as treacly as Wind Beneath My Wings.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but the two songs that I like that have actually stuck around are She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals and We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel.
0: Great song.
1: Win? Yeah, I mean, in the test of time, We Didn't Start the Fire clearly won out, but right. I can understand, like, riding on the popularity of beaches and everything. Um the thing was they didn't really know what they were doing at the time. They still don't really know how to categorize a lot of things. And at the time they had this big thing where um, they were trying to make like a, a hard rock performance and they were trying to basically give Metallica an award because they were new and they were exciting and they didn't really have a heavy metal category. So they, they stuck in this hard rock category. And they had like um, Guns N' Roses and Motley Crue and all those kind of like hair metal bands, but they had, metallica who was the clear favorite the fifth choice ian anderson was actually told not to come to the ceremony because it was obvious that metallica was going to win but jethro toll won best hard rock performance it was so ridiculous that was another huge upset that happened like no one everyone thought it was insane that that actually happened mm-hmm. so much so that the for their next album jethro toll put out a, a, an ad that showed his flute like it, he was famous for like playing flute he put it in like next to some rebar and he's like, We're heavy metal. Yeah, not great. Um, so that's the only Grammy that Jethro Tull ever won. They changed the category, they put hard rock back in with regular rock and had an actual metal category. And Metallica won the next three years. So. Um, Danny Elfman won his his only Grammy in his first nomination. It was for the theme to Batman.
0: Awesome.
1: He would also be nominated for his Emmy. He would win for the Simpsons theme. Um, album of the year went to Nick a Time by Bonnie Raitt, which was kind of a comeback, apparently. I didn't know this, but in hindsight, like Bonnie Raitt apparently needed this to pretty much launch her career. At the same time, she beat out Tom Petty, who had just launched his own solo career, and that classic album that has stuff like Free Fallen is on there. That was up for album of the year, but lost to Bonnie. Um, his own super group, Traveling Wilburys, was up against that. Uh, that had like Bob Dylan and George Harrison in there. And then the Fine Young Cannibals and Don Henley were also up against that. But um, And then Linda Ronstadt was the only other song of the year that was up for. Otherwise, it was four songs, like the The End of the Innocence" and <clears throat> she Drives Me Crazy, was uh, the one that was taken out. It's basically the same as Record of the Year, which a lot of people that aren't outside of the music industry constantly are like, Record of the Year, Song of the Year are basically the same thing. So, And once again, Wind Beneath My Wings won for that. So, It's kind of a shame when that happens. Um, and the one other interesting thing, Gilda Radner had just passed away. She won a posthumous Grammy for Spoken Word album. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Um but that's pretty much it for music this month. That was the big deal, the Grammys. So, uh, And I don't know if we want to continue this because it didn't really go over in the first episode that well, um, but births and deaths. Mm. There are no famous people that were born in February 1990, at least that I could find. And the only death was this guy, Michael Powell, who if you know, like the the Powell and oh. films of the 30s. Yeah. Like you, you guys, you... you who don't know it. Corey and I might.
0: Yeah, I know Michael Powell's name. Yeah. yeah,
1: but like they did the Red Shoes. That's their most famous one.
0: Yeah.
1: But I feel like it's kind of morbid to just be like, and this guy died, and this woman was born, and yeah. You know,
2: yeah. Well, anyone born after 1990, I really don't want to know when they were born.
1: Well, the thing that I do because <laughs> well, then
2: I just you know.
1: <laughs> we have Margot Robbie coming. Get into out that hole. So that's kind of neat. We could talk about Margot Robbie a little bit, but like I feel like it's kinda useless to drag this out with, you know, oh I cool, mean, it's Miley Cyrus's birthday.
3: Technically we could bring up Margot Robbie now because yesterday was July. In modern times. Sure, her yes. birthday's
1: in July nineteen ninety. Yeah. We'll see. If there's anything anyone really interesting, we could talk about them briefly, but maybe if it's relevant, I guess. Um
2: Nothing's ever relevant. That's why it's interjections. Yeah.
1: Why don't one of you uh, talk about your uh, pick of the month? Pick of the month?
3: Like pick of the month of 1990 or pick of the month of just pick of the month?
1: No, like uh, pick of the month right now, like we did last month where we talked about. Like
2: thing you're currently yeah. into.
1: I know you didn't really oh. do this last month because you watched stuff with me.
0: I mean,
3: yeah, I watched stuff with you, but like, uh, I don't know.
1: What was your favorite thing you did or
3: saw this month? I mean, my favorite thing that I did this month uh, was Gundam. Uh, I I started rewatching some old series that I uh, hadn't seen in a while. Uh, I mean, it was nice and short, but I watched the uh, eighth MS team. But like, that's yeah. Uh, that, was, it, that, yeah. that was the thing. Oh, I, that's I, it. That's went out of my way to watch because I really wanted to watch it, and uh, completely forgot I had it on DVD. So I watched it on Hulu, and I like after I finished it, I was like, "Crap, I could have watched it on DVD and I watched it, it in Japanese with subtitles." Yeah. And sometimes I don't like uh, dub. It like it it grates my ears sometimes to hear uh,
1: whiny American.
3: Understandable. Oh, no, well, whiny uh. Like people translating things that should sound a lot better in Japanese when it's whiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, uh, it's, I just, I, I personally sometimes can't stand a dub. Um, I'd yeah. rather put in the effort and read. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. good. Oh yeah. No, that's, that, that's that was my jam uh, this month. That's, uh, nice maybe for next month i'll i'll watch an anime that's uh relevant to 1990
1: you don't have to it doesn't
0: have to be yeah,
3: well, it's
1: just be. something you're excited about yeah. Isma.
0: yeah um criterion's been putting out a lot of stuff because of that barnes and noble deal so i watched uh come and see mm. a great anti-war film um uh, I don't want to describe too much about it because it's very harrowing. It's definitely not a movie you go into uh, wanting to watch lighthearted. So, uh, but yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And uh, any uh, film collectors, a Criterion sale actually ends tomorrow. So hmm. by the time this post is too late for you. But yeah, hopefully um, you picked up some good stuff during the month of July.
1: We're probably posting this on August 8th, <laughs> yeah. August 7th, hopefully by Friday.
2: Right. Um, so my pick of the month currently is uh, the show Sleepy Hollow which I accidentally discovered when we were binge watching Bones during this pandemic and there's like a crossover episode where the characters from that show go into this one I'm like alright well this looks interesting so it's cool because it's like I don't know it's anachronistic spooky cops because they're it's it's Ichabod Crane wakes up 250 years after the revolution. And in addition to dealing with like a war with supernatural forces, he also has to deal with modern life. And so they keep throwing in these little anachronistic bits, which are funny. Um, and it's, it's a really good show and I recommend it if you haven't seen it yet.
1: It's only four seasons, right?
2: Yeah. It's only four seasons. Um, yeah so if you're into history and mysticism and things like that it's all it's it's got it all man uh including a guy going around correcting people's misunderstandings of what happened during the american revolution and you know trash talking ben franklin
1: (laughs) yeah Hmm. i actually was while you're saying that i was thinking of another thing i watched this month i was actually going to talk about palm springs the new film with the uh, Andy Samberg and, uh, Christine, Kristen Milioti. But, um, this reminded me, I saw a movie with Nicole Beherry, or I think that's how you pronounce her name. Um, she is the lead in Sleepy Hollow. Uh, she, w- she plays Jackie Robinson's wife in the biopic 42.
0: Ah.
1: So uh, I, I just saw that has, uh, Harrison Ford playing Branch Rickey. It's, it's the whole journey that he takes to become the superstar that he was. And, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with 42 actually. That's from, I think already like seven years ago, but, um, but yeah, that, uh, that was right before she went off and did Sleepy Hollow and, uh, surprisingly, uh, really impactful performances and, uh, really a good gateway into like the old Dodgers and other teams of the day. If you don't know anything about that and, you know, I love history. So, I actually might go with forty-two as my pick of the month because it was a pleasant surprise, and you, nice. all of us are doing older stuff. So I'd still recommend Palm Springs, but I'm also just a Grand yes. trope fan. So, um, but yeah, I I'd go with forty-two. So. Cool. Also, because baseball came back last week. If it goes away we'll briefly, at the end of this weekend, by the time the podcast posted, baseball might be gone again.
0: I was going to say the doubleheader with the, the Yankees got postponed because a of, bunch uh, of games did because of Marlins.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
0: Got people like, affected
1: at Philly's? yesterday they announced something with the Cardinals. Two employees got tested positive and they had to shut down a game with them and I think the Brewers. So like if this keeps happening, they're gonna shut down everybody. Yeah. And and how do you keep like two hundred nine hundred baseball players, let alone like all the schools coming back? Anyway, uh forty two is a good movie. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so if we're missing baseball by next week, go check that out. So um, yes. next month we'll have a treat for you because I think we might have a triple threat not only is there one really good film there are two others that we could talk about as the main focus uh, but I know we're going to focus on one for sure so we have a very good treat in for you so hopefully you uh, check out Loose Cannons Yeah. De-
0: uh, yes. Yeah. like, subscribe
1: mm-hmm. remember the and Twitter tell one. your friends it's uh, at Podcastjections is our Twitter handle, and if you just search for the Interjections podcast, you can find it in any podcast venue or on those two sites.
2: So. It's the one that has that sweet 90s graphic
1: yeah. Mm, yeah. yes, yeah yes. So. All right, kids. we'll see you next time.
2: Doodles. Yeah.